Welcome to the Realm of Fire, where I, Brendan, he, him, and my friend Rob, he, him, drop bombs and braggadocio about Games Workshop games. Content warning, this show is grown men dropping heavy-handed takes about toy soldiers. It's not to be taken too seriously. Also, strong language warnings apply. Dude, so how you doing, man? Yeah, all right, all right. Uh, been a couple of weeks, isn't it? Dude, it has, and uh, the first episode dropped, and I yeah. feel like people really dug it. What do you think? I've I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Um, I've had a friend message me to say I genuinely changed his mind on Age of Sigma and the old world. Good, good. I'm stoked yeah. on that. I'm I'm kind of stoked yeah. on I'm stoked on AOS. Uh, mm-hmm. like. Going forward, I think I think mm. AOS has a brilliant brilliant future ahead of it, and I'm I'm excited yeah. to see what happens next with AOS. Uh, so, but we're um, not we're not talking about AOS, are we? No, not today, not today. Uh, yeah. so this is going to be one of our 40k episodes because that's kind of the mm-hmm. format that we're going for, right? Is we're going to go AOS 40k, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, killer. That's right. Then killer. Lord of the Rings. No, we're not going to do Lord of the Rings. You know, uh, here's the deal. I wouldn't mind doing Lord <laughs> of the Rings every so often, just every so often, because I I, yeah, I so do often. have a mess bag. I have a mess bag army. I don't know if I if I told you that I have a mess bag army. No, you did not. I've, I've got I, I've got two. I I play. I play. Oh really? I love that game. Oh, I, I fucking love that I, game, dude. I, so, it's brilliant. It's genuine. We, we, we don't talk about it now, but genuinely one of the best games Games Workshop ever produced. Agreed. Agreed. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, it's it's yeah. the it's the best Games Workshop game that you're not playing, basically. Um. Yeah, there's there's agreed. the first hot take of the day. Um, yeah, number before one. We get, before we can, what's that? Number one, that one. Because <laughs> I, I would put it above Necromunda. That's me. I think a lot of people, it's kind of like, oh, the best Games Workshop game you're not playing is Necromunda because it's so granular and weird. But to me, best Games Workshop game you're not playing is Messbeg. Uh, yeah. So, agree, spicy, take it. Mm. The realm of fire kicking off. Um, so uh, today we're going to talk a little bit of uh, 40k. But first, I kind of wanted to know what was going on in your hobby life, man. Did you get any uh, mm-hmm. painting done? Yeah. So um, what have I done in two weeks? I have collected Tokyo Necromunda, picked up a corpse grinder gang. Um, going to get them done. My friend was like, "Oh, after lockdown, maybe we should think about perhaps considering playing Necromunda." And I was like, "Yeah, I've just bought a gang and the dice and the cards. I'm ready. I'm ready." Strong. Um, so they're to be there. The last nine of them to be painted. Um, I painted up some a kind of weird war band for the Grimlight rules that are online. Chris McDowell's rules. Um, yeah, this purely is purely for skirmish huh? playing. Yeah, they look great. Great rules. Um, looking forward to playing that. I've got a few friends who are very narrative um, to the point where they can't remember any rules, so that will suit them. Um, and I painted some objective markers. That's that's exciting, isn't it? Well, it's not the most exciting thing to do when you're mm. doing it, but when. Um you get them on the table uh yeah. though they are so it's so fucking baller yeah. um if yeah. anyone who has listened to uh my role-playing show uh full metal rpg knows what a fan of chris mcdowell i am and uh mm-hmm. i'm very excited to get his miniatures to the table so um his miniatures game yeah. rather is miniatures yeah. agnostic miniatures game but definitely definitely won't give that one a, a run through mm-hmm. um for my for my hobby, I gotta say I mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't get much done. Uh, those uh, Craft World Eldar are still looking pretty shabby. Um, 
but uh, they were like we got together on the Discord and we were kind of talking about the Crusade League, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well I'm gonna be sitting out because my shit's not up to my up. It's, it's not it's not battle ready. And they were all like, boo. My group was all like, boo, and they shouted me down. And it turned out that literally like half the group wasn't battle ready. So yeah, yesterday was uh, uh, day one of um. Crusade season two, and so for my, okay. my game is played. I got to play a game versus uh, using my cat craft world Ulthway versus uh, some uh, blood ravens. They they mm-hmm. were they weren't using the actual blood ravens codex supplement, which was kind of sad right. to me. They were I guess mm-hmm. they were dark angels that were uh, uh, like also blood ravens or whatever. Um, yeah, and the blood ravens uh, are ones from the computer game. Yeah, yeah, Gabriel yeah, and well, Close and his. I think his the reason buzz. they chose Dark Angels is because both chapters are traitors. When you think about it, see, I don't even know anything about Blood Ravens. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, they're the Blood Ravens are the ones that everybody thinks might be T Sons, right? Like Renegade T Sons. Uh, I think there's like a, a, a talk of that, but also there in the first game, I think the librarians are like, "This Rune Blade looks good, and I'm going to use this." Oh no, now I've got leg eight legs. I think, I think the uh, librarian gets all twisted. Um, Whoops! I can't. Do, don't 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 quote me on that though. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really play a whole lot of um uh uh video games. So like mm. the only the only Warhammer uh video game I've really really played is Tang Extend is Vermintide Two. But I love that mm-hmm. game. Um, yeah. Playing Eldar, playing like uh, Eldar was like really really different because uh, what we were saying in the last episode. Uh, I'm like a Death Guard guy, and I've been mm-hmm. playing Death Guard for seriously like 15 years, and so I switched over to Death Guard from Oathway, and now I'm going mm-hmm. back to Oathway, right? And uh, mm-hmm. oh boy, that Oathway <laughs> playstyle is just is really something else. This whole kind of idea of like uh, your mission is to like foil your opponent's mission you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying by being um just hard to pin down and uh you're just so you're so fragile but you have so much movement and board control that -hmm. you can just be anywhere you want to be um i'm not gonna lie it was not the most satisfying game it was it was like uh, we rolled assassinate on the uh, crusade chart, and we're gonna have to do a full crusade episode where we really get into it. But yeah, my opponent, absolutely, please. My, my opponent, he chooses to assassinate me. He chooses to assassinate mm-hmm. my warlord, and I'm like, uh, okay. And so, like, literally, turn one of the game because <laughs> I have to start with my warlord on the table. So then, turn one of the game, my seer council just gets into a wave serpent. They embark in a wave serpent, <laughs> and it's like. All right, bro. Now, if you want yeah. to assassinate the Seer Council, you have to take out the Wave Serpent. And now, like literally, I have five rounds of the game to make it impossible for you to crack the Wave Serpent. So that doesn't sound game good. over, I guess. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was, yeah. it was, it was not. I mean, just that that hyper conservative play style that Eldar really yeah. like kind of like incentivizes was. Um, I'm not gonna lie, dude. It was not as rewarding as just slogging forward with a bunch of. Uh, mm-hmm plague marines and being like you know can you dish out enough fire to stop me before mm. i do the thing i want to do you know what i'm saying yeah well hot um, take two from from me is eldar make no sense on the battlefield like the idea of guardians is ridiculous it's so running out of people 
Um, so what should we do with our citizenry? Give them an SMG and no armor and send them to the front <laughs> like it's 1941. Like it's yeah. just like, what are we doing? Well, what, no, no? We'll, we'll save that for our 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 Eldar. Our Eldar episode, episode. But, I, yeah. but I I will take you up on that. I will take you up on that. You're okay. gonna get some pushback from me on that because because I okay. I have a different take. I have a different take on Eldar in that way. How about you though, well, man? Well, have you played any games? Yes. Have you have you? I mean, I know you guys no. are still in lockdown, but you no, we're not allowed to. Yeah, from tomorrow the Warhammer shop opens, so we can all go back to that but we can't play so no nothing i've been playing adeptus titanicus dominus on the on steam on online um and that's good fun basically just blowing stuff up and shouting engine kill a lot um is that titanicus game is that like a direct representation of the miniatures titanicus game or is it does it have different control i think it's different i don't know i can't i haven't played the new titanicus yet um it's very I don't think so because I, I don't remember there being like overheating and, and uh, like sort of energy management, which I think is quite a big part of the miniatures game. It's way more just put your order in, watch your order play out, and it's it's fun. It's fun. It's not it's not you know the best game in the world, but it's a solid it's a solid six seven out of ten. Um, it's just an excuse to shout engine kill, as I say. <laughs> That's about it. Really. Well, I'm sure that uh, uh, GW is stoked that you're playing uh, um, a. Uh gw property video mm. game i guess quote unquote engagement with the warhammer hobby is down worldwide yeah. and uh that's why they sent out all those free video games in the last white dwarf yeah. which has made that white dwarf like impossible for me to get i miss oh, i miss shit. one week yeah we usually just sit around in piles for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks <laughs> and it's one week all these kids go out and grab it for the fucking video games. Now I can't get the goddamn issue. Yeah. I don't even use the fucking video games. Mm. Like, if you, okay, if you're listening to this and you bought the fucking issue for the goddamn video games and you're just going to throw the issue away or let it sit in a corner and gather dust, will you fucking write me, like, fullmetalrpgofficial <laughs> at gmail.com and we can work something out because I want that fucking issue. Anyway, um, keep the video <laughs> games. I don't care about them. All right. Well, hey, yeah. that's hobby progress yeah. and games played. So uh, <laughs> today we're going to talk about Horus Heresy, mm-hmm. right, man? Uh, mm-hmm. You you have you have what I consider to be a really fucking hot take on this, yeah. and it's one that I disagree with with every fiber of my being. Which so is great. Why don't you is, lay it out yeah, for me? I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts. So Go there's, for there's it. two Go stages it. to it, and my most extreme opinion on it is that we should know nothing about the Horus Heresy. The Horus. So like. That, like there's a section in the book that says there was this thing that called the Horus Heresy, but no one knows anything about it because the records have been lost or something. Or maybe you can have there was a rebellion against the Emperor known as the Horus Heresy, and that's it. And it's a blank okay. slate for you to stick in. And for me, I just think the idea of this event that happened that you can put your spin on is wonderful. It's just a brilliant, brilliant idea. Now, I know, caveat to the beginning of this whole discussion, this isn't possible. It's not possible anymore with how the universe panned out. Um, there was a point where you could argue that new, no one would know about it because the only survivors were like Chaos Space Marines and Demon Primarchs who are now insane. So no matter what they said, you'd be like, yeah, whatever, mate. Like, whatever you say, I'm not trusting. Now, with um, Bobby G coming back, it's a bit more of a problem because if he's like, no, this is what happened, then you're pretty much, you know, that's canon. But I'm more talking law-wise and 
my real objection is to the canonization of the Horus Heresy via the Forge World and Black Library books, which I think rob the whole conflict of its magic. Um, th- that's my opening statement. Uh, well, I don't, I, okay, <laughs> so um, my okay, so my first pushback. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to. The first thing I'm gonna say is is um, how dare you? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the the first thing I'm gonna say is how do you reconcile Mm-hmm. That point with what you said in episode one, when you said that the thing that was like a bummer about the old world was that all the best stuff had already happened <laughs> uh, and you couldn't play in it. Yeah, I, I reconcile that by one making sure there are cool things happening right now, like the Sisatrax um, Maledictium, which I think I've said it right, um, and the Era Indomitus and all that stuff. Um, so I think you can make the current 40k universe cool, but I reconcile it by having these blank spaces is also important. Not only is it part of, you want a detailed setting, you also want an open setting. And... I think that by doing something like that, saying the heresy was this thing, you actually get to expand the current era a lot more. Um, and I've got a couple of points on why and what this what this means. But basically, what I compare it to is, and I'm going to use my old fallback here, uh, Star Wars. So okay, okay. Before you, know you go any further, coming, I yeah. have to say I agree yeah. with this a hundred percent. You cannot talk about the Horus Heresy without talking about Star Wars. I have Star Wars takes two. Yeah, let us proceed. Proceed. Clone Wars. Clone Wars sounded amazing. Your your father fought in the Clone Wars. Brilliant. I don't want to know what that means. It sounds brilliant. I don't. I, what does that mean? Then we. Well, found- we all thought we wanted to know what that means. <laughs> it turns out when we found out what it means, we were super disappointed. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's exactly that. And but uh, even as execrable as the prequels were, it th- no, nothing would have lived up. Nothing would have lived up. It would have had to have been fucking Hitchcock and Kubrick on their best days, come back from the dead to create this sweeping tale for it to even touch what you had in your head because in your head what was the clone wars you know it was just, right. what was it were we were they fighting clones were the clones the goodies you know like it, right. it, you didn't know it was the clone wars same yeah. with um dune the butlerian jihad and stuff like that sounds cool what is it well, yeah. I, I don't want to know i don't want a picture of it i don't want kevin j anderson to wank out six books about it i just want yeah the butlerian jihad as the title and i think the heresy was that for 40k for a long, long, long time. And I know now you could say, well, okay, now it's the Unification Wars. That's the blank space. The Age of Strife is the blank space, the Dark Age of Technology. But it was cooler when the heresy was the blank space. Well, no, no. You see, okay, this is where I have to push back yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, please because, do. Because there is a blank space <laughs> uh, between the current storyline and the Horus Heresy, and it's literally 10,000 years long mm-hmm. because the Great Crusade was about 200 years, and then the Horus Heresy itself was only five. Mm-hmm. So we have this kind of very vague and nebulous idea of what the Great Crusade was. Then we have kind of like this sort of weirdly hyper-detailed renditions of specific elements of the Horus Heresy, mm-hmm. and then we literally have 10,000 years of just 
like stuff happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you can you can you can you can populate that ten thousand years with whatever you you want. Yeah. You know. Oh, one hundred percent. And they try to with the um, I am slaughter books and that stuff, which were books that came out. Um, but it's yeah. I think the thing is what what annoys me about it in a way is it is the hyper detailing because. So I was talking about this recently with a friend because I was bouncing ideas about this um, this episode off him. And as we were talking, I realised, I think I know how I would approach it. So if I was to accept, okay, we need to know about the heresy. Right, okay. We can't not know about it. Let's, let's know about it. Do you not think it would have been amazing if the Black Library or the studio or Forge World basically created a almost a biblical approach to the heresy? So, and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. Well, not actually, but I'm going off on one here. You've got the, the life of Jesus Christ, right? Arguably one of the central events of the world. And there's okay. four different takes on it, right? There's the four Gospels. And they all hit similar points. They all say he was born here, um, and then he died here. And some say he, you know, did whatever in between times. But they, but they all vary as well. How amazing... Right would the approach to the heresy have been like that? Like, this is Abaddon's recollections of the heresy. This is Bobby G's recollections of the heresy. Ah. This is the Militarum's, uh, this is the High Lord of Terror's approach. And so you had certain things, you had certain, like, nexus points that did happen. So the massacre on Istvan happened. Um, uh, the fall of the Dark Angels happened, say, and the battle on Terror happened. But literally anything else nothing is canon you know so maybe the ultramarines were battling the word bearers at calf but maybe according to this other historian the ultramarines were actually battling the world eaters you know across on the other side of the galaxy and both are right and both are wrong like there's no set set canon and i think that's what i rebel against more than anything else i don't want to know the name of the thunderhawk gunship that gulliman took down to the planet i just want to know the, the big picture, if that makes sense. Well, I think what you're talking about is kind of like unreliable narrator, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Where the um, the kind of white wolf vampire book sort of descended into this kind of at the end where it was kind of first person takes on things that were like definitely happened, right? Mm-hmm. But those, uh, this is like Rashomon, right? Like we're getting like the, the preconceptions and the subjective understanding of reality that the narrator has about um, what is going on in the world, color, how those events are kind of described. Like I would say rather than being like 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 oh we do know that the fucking uh, ultramarines and the word bearers duked it out on Kalth, <laughs> but why right like we would have like a like the word bearers would have a very different take on that than the ultramarines yeah you know and and we could be kind of like more invested in those perceptions and I think that one of the most kind of rich. Uh, conflicts that you see in Horus Heresy and among Horus Heresy fans is kind of between, say, like Space Wolves players and Thousand Suns <laughs> players. Yeah. Where, like, you, you'll get Space Wolves players who are like, like, fucking <laughs> uh, Magnus had to get put down, bro. And then you're like, you're like, uh, you guys are clearly a bunch of asshats, and there was like no reason why Prospero had to burn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, uh, I mean, and I think that those those disagreements that are kind of actually written in character like that mm-hmm. are 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 much more compelling. And so 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 I agree to an extent mm-hmm. with 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 what you're saying. Um, I I would also contend that 
the books themselves are so riven with inconsistencies, uh-huh. especially when you compare those inconsistencies to the um, inconsistencies you find in the codexes uh-huh. and in the um, actual rule books themselves. That there's a great deal of kind of like play inside of how um, uh, like like uh, any particular thing that is in the Horus Heresy, like well, how did it happen, or where did it happen, or when did it happen? It's kind of like if you just take the three sources that talk about it, and you kind of triangulate it. You can come up with your own ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, there's uh, in Descent of Angels, I think. No, 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 not Descent of Angels. Fallen Angels. There's a scene where um, there's a whole plot line. And it's like a really, I mean, those those books, those Dark Angels books, mm-hmm. are like really dumb. I okay. really dis- I've, I've not read them, but yeah. And um, like fucking uh, Lionel. Oh well, don't <laughs> don't waste any okay. fucking time on that shit, dude. They are oh, they are stinkers. You're just like you kind of. I mean, I've met people who love them. They're because mm-hmm. like, it's like the Dark Angels mooks that are all like, oh, Dark Angels is best. And it's just like you're listening, but you're like listening to them. I listen to them on yeah. Audible, and sometimes I just want to like yell at the fucking speaker, just like shut up. This is so fucking stupid. Anyway, um. So Lionel Johnson is like leading um, some fucking Dark Angels, blah blah blah, to this fucking planet, blah blah blah, and I can't remember who. It's some some some. some oh, it's some uh, Sons of Horus are holding this planet. It's part of the supply chain, blah blah blah, for the insurrection. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they have these like like massive guns there. Uh, these like huge kind of like vehicle. Uh, uh, like super weapons that mm-hmm. like require particular people to be like, um, like jacked into them, kind of like a rigger to operate them, and that's really why Horace is there. He wants these super guns, mm-hmm. right? The whole, the whole. That's the whole conceit of the novel is who's going to get these guns, but they never really describe what they look like or what they do. It's not one of those moments where they kind of like go like. And then eight Thunderhawk gunships descended through the atmosphere, and they're like naming the models. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're <laughs> yeah. just telling you about these like mega huge guns. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so much play there. Like, like you're like, well, how big is this thing? Yeah. You know, is this thing like as big as like? Is it bigger than a Bane blade? Mm-hmm. Or are they just trying to describe a Bane blade? Mm-hmm. Or is this like thing like literally so big that I could build a whole table? that is just the vehicle itself. Yeah. And then I could play the game on the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know? So you think... And I think you, so I think Horus Heresy is full of very kind of rich stuff in there for mm-hmm. you to play with. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think, uh, I think a good author can do that. I, I was just reading um, while well, I was listening to... Um, Oh, fuck. Uh, Hell's Reach by Aaron Dempsey Bowden, which I know isn't a heresy, but he described an ordinary artist in it. And there is a model of that but also you can take your own description from it and i think i think there are skilled authors who can do that i think it's just do, do you know what it is i think and i think I'm, I'm thinking of this now as it's coming to me i've written notes but it's come to me now why i dislike it so bit of background on me i studied archaeology and ancient history that's one of my true passions and i sort of have come to the um, self-realization within myself that you know history has no canon there's no canon in history um sure. you know you, people disagree about what um armies what divisions were on the western front in 1945 and that was 80 years ago now 40k you're talking about a unit and again i know i'm swapping it in universe and out of universe 
talking here, but I think I find it strange in 40k that that almost in a way the Imperium is aware of the heresy um, because you're talking about a society that not only probably isn't interested in looking at its most shameful moment, but would be willfully repressing it for 10,000 years, you know? So well, there was we no... do know that, though. Yeah. You and I have talked about Avenging Sun, and Avenging Sun is a very mm. interesting book in that it gets into the the real world, or not real world, but the sort mm-hmm. of like street-level view of just ordinary imperial citizens. Mm-hmm. And in that book they have regular dudes like talking to Gilliman and he's all like my brothers the other primarchs who fell to fucking chaos yeah. and 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 they're like heads are spinning because <laughs> their whole lives they were like they were told that those guys didn't exist yeah that like just these these chaos demons just sprung into existence and the idea that like the lords of the chaos legions mm-hmm. are actually fallen primarchs is literally heretical to them yeah you know what i'm saying which that, that that to me is one of the best parts of avenging sun is that it's like it really shows you how steeped in 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 willful ignorance mm, the, uh the imperium is in the 41st millennium yeah and i, lo- and I love that i think that's brilliant and, and it leads to my mind by to my most heretical opinion which is oh. <laughs> which is imagine i should just love it if the heresy wasn't even real it never happened or if it happened it was an imperial commander went against the emperor. You know, that's what happened 10,000 years ago. An imperial commander went, no, and the emperor destroyed him. <laughs> um, and then, because basically, I love this idea that it's, it's so I'm going to, I'm going to be all um, smart here and reference uh, 1984 and how, um, when Winston Smith is reading Goldstein's theory that, you know, the, the mega powers are just fighting each other just to create war. There's, this war will never end. It's just a nonsense war. And in fact, there might not even be a war. It could be just they're dropping bombs on their own cities occasionally and saying, oh, it's the East Asians again. We need to put more money into the into the war effort. And I would love that if that was the case in 40K in terms of the Ministorum have got the thumbs over the Marines by going, hey, you guys can't be too powerful because you know what happens. We can't give you too much power because... Horus, and it's like a, a bogeyman in the Imperium that never even happened. It's just this case of it's a way for the Imperium to self-regulate itself by just going, "Oh no, we can't have you know, we can't. Have, you've got you've got a thousand Marines. That's enough. A thousand and two, and you'll go mad, and we can't let you have that." <laughs> because also, it plays on the whole like, well, the Emperor is this. He he's a deity at this point in the Imperium. He is an uh, unfallible deity. And so the idea of someone turning against him is almost heretical. So if a reasonable person turned against him, let's say an imperial commander who just went, no, this order's stupid, I'm not doing that. Well, there must be something wrong with that person, not the emperor. So they must be literally Satan incarnate. They must have been possessed by a demon, left all their mortal faculties behind, and that's why they went against the Emperor, because why else would you go against the Emperor? So I like the idea that the Horus was just a dude, was just an Imperial commander who said, no, I don't agree with you. But over the years, over 10,000 years, he's become Satan, you know, become, no, he was imbued with court chaos, and that's why he was able to strike down the Emperor, because no one else could. And it's become an almost self-perpetuating cycle of myth that Maybe there's a grain of truth to it, but it's so far now from what it was 
the the heresy is is a, is a parody of itself almost. I mean, I see exactly what you're saying, mm. and I think that there's like a lot of play in there. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because like the um the heresy was ten thousand years from the current timeline, mm-hmm. right? And we know from our just very limited human history, which really isn't... We wouldn't even have 10,000 years of recorded human history. No, 5,000 almost, really. Exactly, exactly. And and, and yet our own perceptions of our own history are so distorted. Like, you start getting into... Like, if if you look at kind of like the kind of moralistic symbols of our own culture, Mm -hmm. and it's like, well how do I feel about the image of Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go back through literally, like, thousands of years and hundreds of different cultures and how they look at, like, goats and how they look at, like, Bacchus and pan pipes and wine and yeah. people who have left hands and all this other shit, right? And it's just, it all becomes, like, mired together into this big sludge where you're trying to you're trying to pull, like, real intrinsic meaning out of it becomes almost impossible. And yet, here's a culture that's literally, like... It's been it's been it's been mired in this dark age for mm. ten thousand years. How is anybody supposed to know anything about anything? Yeah. Um. And I and I think that's fine. And I and if I was like doing a like a role playing game set in uh the forty first millennium, like if I was playing Wrath and Glory or Dark mm-hmm. Heresy or something like that, like I'd have no problem just like making up all kinds of wild shit and just sticking it into the into the game. And I think you're supposed to. I think yeah. that that's part of the fun of like role playing in that um in that setting but i think in terms of um playing the miniatures battle game i think horus heresy actually gives us like a lot of really interesting uh uh environments and problems and almost like considerations to overcome um because the tone of the Horus Heresy material is so radically different from the 40K material. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know that until you kind of get into it because if you just kind of flip through some like uh, Forge World books, you'll just like see all the same shit. Like it's, oh, it's like a bunch of rubble and there's space marines <laughs> walking around in rubble and there's land raiders and shit. So clearly 30K is the same thing as 40K. But it's really, really not. Mm-hmm. When you start getting into those novels and stuff, you get this real sense of. Um, the way that the empire was different, the way it was like a different place, you know, and you can really get a sense of of uh, this kind of uh, this looming uh, totalitarian dark age mm-hmm. that is about to fall on these people, and the um, the sense of tragedy that is just caught up in all of that. So not only do you really feel the tragedy for the individual characters. And the, all the weird shit that they go yeah. through, because they because because all the characters, like the the named characters, they all go through these kind of um, these like disappointments, and we and we and part part of how we as as the readers interact with that is that we know how they're gonna fail, mm-hmm. but watching them go down that road into failure with really like these intentions that they feel are kind of like the highest pursuits, the most noble of intentions, mm-hmm. like that element of tragedy is actually very compelling. Especially when you couple it next to uh, like a book where it'll describe like like a verdant world full of like vineyards and like you know people who aren't necessarily like they're not living in a utopia yeah. but they're living you know they're living like nice lives or whatever and then along comes some imperial dudes who are like this is fucking rad we're gonna start building factories and shit here <laughs> so that we can do this like endless war and mm. they're like uh, okay. Um, 
and then like some chaos guys show up and like fucking uh, some 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 uh, some of Horace's chums show up and they're just like, oh, you have a a, a flag that says uh, Imperium. We don't like that anymore. Mm-hmm. We're gonna raise this whole place. Yeah, and the um. The the way that you feel is, I mean, watching the the beauty of these cultures just being crushed by this, um, essentially like a spat between mm-hmm. a group of like what like nineteen or twenty transhumans. Yeah, I mean it's it's real, it's visceral. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, and I think that is no, and I think that is completely true. Um, it's quite funny. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she has never played 40k, never been into the miniature side, and was experiencing it through the books for the first time. So I was talking and I was like, well, you know, we know how it ends. And she was like, no, I don't. So no, no spoilers. And I was like, that's amazing. I cannot imagine reading the books, <laughs> not knowing what happened. So she was, you know, we're going to have to put spoilers at the beginning of this uh, in the introduction, actually. Like she didn't know sure, yeah. who fell to which side. And that's, that's exciting. Imagine that. I think, I just think, so, okay. I totally take all those points. I do. And I'm not, you know, I'm not even saying I wish it out of existence. I do. I, they should never have done it. No. Um, no. <laughs> no, it's the best thing. <laughs> so I'm not saying that. You're wrong. Um, I think it's I think it's just the hyper detail that I don't like. So my favorite bit, my entire favorite bit of the heresy is the bit where, total spoilers here, the war is going on, battle for terror is happening, Horus knows he's running out of time, so he drops his shields, says to the Emperor, come on, let's do it one-to-one, we'll fight this. And so the Emperor beams aboard uh, with Sanguinius and Rogel Dawn. Uh, Khan's too busy doing donuts in the sand so he doesn't go. Um, <laughs> they get teleported aboard the, the, the battle barge. Is that the Terminus Est? I can't remember. Anyway. No, Terminus Est is, is, uh, is a Nurgle ship. It's, uh, oh, um, shit, yeah. Fuck, why can't I remember it? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like the most famous one. Yeah, it's the world killer, isn't it? Or whatever. Anyway, teleports aboard. Everyone's scattered, and the Emperor makes his way to the throne room after everyone's been killed, gets there. Sanguinius has been throttled by Horus. And you're like, cool, they're going to have this fight. And I've got a little thing about that, actually, at the end, so remind me. Um, So they have this fight, and they're fighting away. And then Horus is, like, slapping him about, basically. The Emperor's putting in blows, but can't finish him off because he's holding back. And then, now this is according to the Bill King story, the, uh, the original sort of rendition of this, a Terminator comes in to the room, sees what's happening, and like an all-good Terminators, charges towards Horus, Stormbolt are blowing, and Horus turns around, Emperor Palpatine's him, you know, electrocutes him, blows him to pieces, and at that point the Emperor's like, no, screw you, you are, you know, you've got, Horus is dead, I'm facing a guy of chaos, and then kills him, and kill, takes his own life effectively by, by doing so. Now, that's cool. Cool little story. I love. Yeah, I dig that. I love that the guard don't see it like that. That to them, the person that came into the room was not, and this is all canon in 40K, was not a Terminator. It was a guardsman called Alonius Pius. And he charged Horus with his strength-free las gun, and the same thing happened to him. He got <laughs> Emperor palpatine And that's when the Emperor was like... <laughs> it might wound six and another six um that's when the emperor was like no fuck you you just you you know there's no need for you to destroy that guardsman there was nothing he was going to be able to do to you and that's brilliant that to the marines no that's that's also great yeah of course it was a blood angel the imperial fist were probably like no no no, no." it was an imperial fist that charged in the custodes would be like that's great you it was a custode but if they put that into a book 
and I'm going to make a direct plea now to Dan Abnett or Aaron Dembski Bowden, who I imagine listen to this podcast. Don't describe who it is because that should forever be in mystery. It could have been a sister of silence. It could have been, uh, it could have been an army trooper, but that's brilliant. If that is put into a book, that it's a blood angel terminator comes in well that's done that's canonized that bit of story disappears now it's a floating mystery that's cool and should stay like that you know i like here's the thing is it's again because we keep kind of toggling back and forth between the perspective of the player Mm -hmm. and the perspective of the person in the world and i love the idea that within the kind of like the ever fracturing imperial cult there's all these different people who get into arguments and like you know fisticuffs and maybe even kind of like fight uh brutal wars in the sewers of underhives mm-hmm. over who it was that uh attacked horus yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah, some yeah, people yeah. are like oh it's alonius pious and some people are like oh no that's fucking heresy to even say that you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like i mean I, I i love that because one of the mm-hmm. things that we see in the 41st millennium books is how just um how people just fixate on like little ideas and it's almost like a meta commentary mm-hmm. on like the players of the yeah. game, to be honest. It's like stop idolizing these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, just kind of like stop being so precious about your like like okay, when 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 Death Guard had when Death Guard feel no pain changed. Mm-hmm. And it went from being um when discussing resistance changed from being the classic feel no pain that went all the way back to like something like 4th edition or 5th uh-huh. edition, right? And then it became the new minus 1 damage thing the death guard forums like blew up all all across the internet mm-hmm. little lights were blinking and it was all these guys just being like you've changed the death guard death guard get a five up feel no pain death guard without a five up feel no pain aren't death guard anymore and it's like bro be come on come to your senses here this is a mathematical representation of like how death guard function in the game it's like don't be so precious about this little tiny idea but you see that in all these in all these novels like like people who have like like oh you know there's a legend on this planet that the emperor fucking walked here once Mm -hmm. and there's this like big footprint in the ground and an entire cult has been for generations worshiping this footprint and they'll fucking kill you if you somehow suggest <laughs> yeah. that that's not the emperor's footprint, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's and but then you pull back from that and there's this whole galaxy turning. Mm-hmm. And outside that galaxy there's there's multiple dimensions full of ruinous powers and you can just keep like you can just keep zooming back and yeah. back and back to see the absurdity of like all of these conflicts, you know? So I, I like regardless of what they say, I mean, obviously I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, if, if they wrote in a book, like, like a shadowy form entered the, yeah. the chamber and, a, and, and shouted and a for the emperor. And was, yeah. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I prefer something more nebulous like that. Yeah, rather to than keep the John. internet conversation spicy, yeah. but like, rather than like, yeah, John you know, of the fifth regiment, you know, second class corporal ran right, in and right. you go, oh, well, like, cool, you've killed that now. Well done. Right. 
Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Got- yeah. Gavriel Loken raised his hand for the last time. Oh, yeah, it no, is. It's going to be Loken, isn't it? Um, okay. No, 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 he's dead. That guy's dead. I don't know. I, fucking, that, right. that guy's dead as fuck. Um, so, this, guy's, this guy's dead after the third book. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of questions for you then. I want to see, and I'm not going to say, you know, if what I agree with. I just want to see. If you could only okay, okay. have... And then, I, and then I'm going to lay down some of my takes. Yeah. I'm going to lay down some yeah. of my takes. So go ahead. If go you could ahead. only have 30k or 40k, which one would you have? Oh, that is so brutal. Dude. That is, that's, dude. That's like a, that's like a really like fuck Mary kill. That's like yeah. a, I choose death. I choose death. You choose death. I choose death, Rob. Um, if I could only have one, yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. Because I'm well on I record saw your bookshelf. saying that I would I saw your bookshelf. my look. I, I, I like look. If I had my druthers, let me let me reframe the question. Mm-hmm. If I had my druthers, me and my friendship group would play. 30k right okay mm-hmm. we'd play 30k mm-hmm. um i don't know if i can say i would wish 40k out of existence to save 30k you know if, if some evil genie was standing in front of me mm-hmm. and it was like it was like only one can exist i'm gonna do the thanos snap and i'm gonna yeah, snap yeah. one of these out of existence i'd be like i'd be like i'd bend my knee for 40k i'd be like okay <laughs> Save 40k. Yeah, I, I'd have to. I'd have to. Mm-hmm. I, I love my Dark Eldar, yeah, bro. Yeah. Technically, Dark Eldar are in 30k. Yeah, but, like but really you know what I mean. You, you got to play the game, haven't you? Um, and then one more yeah. question, and then I've got one take, and then the floor is completely yours. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, last question: Who won the heresy? Oh well, I mean that's the thing. No one won the heresy. That's what's so fucking great about it. That's what's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Is that it's is that it was like ultimately pointless mm-hmm. and ultimately tragic and just uh and that what it did is that it created a a never ending cycle of waste and destruction and uh it, it, it's 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 absurd and it's tragic mm-hmm. and it's dark and it's like pitiful and it's and it's a reflection of of human values which is the kind of like mindless pointless churning will towards its own self-destruction you know Mm -hmm. i i i love the unending uh stalemate of the entire thing does that make sense it does but the correct answer is chaos chaos won the heresy (laughs) they committed no troops to the battle and managed to get the imperium to fuck itself for ten thousand years look look here's the thing here's the thing because because the thing is is if you really want to we could totally get into being like well in this book it says this and in this book it says that and it's like um i think dan abnett is the one who introduced us to the idea of the uh primordial annihilator Mm -hmm. in the book um legion right yeah and th- there's this group of uh, they're like, like super supers um, seers, aren't they? They're kind of like the Volons from Babylon Five or something. Is well, that right? there's like these uh, this this cabal. It's mm, called the that's cabal. It, that's it. It's like these 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 uh, these uh, Xenos, mm. uh, long lived Xenos races, of which the Eldar are like a member. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to foil the primordial annihilator since the dawn of time, right? And that, like, the current manifestation of the primordial annihilator is the ruinous powers and its conflict with the 
the forces of the empire, right? Mm-hmm. The imperial mm-hmm. of man. Um, and so according to the way that book lays it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, chaos needs to win yeah. so that it will eventually consume itself and lose. Yeah. So chaos hasn't won, but it also did win. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those yeah. things, dude. That's that's reminding I mean, I love me. Chaos. I, yeah, that's reminding me. What's that? Uh, that you just reminded me of Legion. Uh, it, it, that that book's Legion, isn't it? Where he does that. Yeah, uh, it reminded Legion. me how much I fucking hate the Alpha Legion so much. <laughs> because there's a bit <laughs> where they're always like, the, you'll have a squad of ten of them, and it'll be like. Oh, one of these could be the Primarch. Is it these yeah. nine, or is it Johnny fucking twenty foot tall Marine? Oh, it's that one. It's the massive <laughs> one. Just because you say yeah. I'm Alpharius, it's that yeah. dick. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, like, like Alpharius has like uh, like some shoes like glued to his knees. Yeah. he's like just walking around on his knees, and he's like nothing to see here. Yeah. I'm just like everybody his else. His helmet's got the Groucho um, marks, like mustache and, and glasses on it. Well, it that's one. That's Alpharius. Look at the size of the bastard. What's so funny is that I've actually gotten into arguments with (laughs) Alpha Legion players about this exact thing where I'm like, who uh, the Primarch is can't be that big of a secret because they're going to be three feet taller than everybody else. And they're like, well, uh, it actually states in the in the in the meta plot that they are the shortest of the primarchs <laughs> and i'm like oh my god are we seriously having a fucking conversation right now about like how many inches tall a primarch is versus any other i mean has, is it recorded somewhere yeah. like the exact height of the different primarchs yeah it's because, so and, and also let's be let's be fucking real here yeah. when they write these books the sort of like glowingly like homoerotic descriptions of the primarchs mm-hmm. are in every book. Yeah. Every single one. Like you walk into the presence of a primarch mm-hmm. and your mind goes all hazy, mm-hmm. your knees feel all weak and you're just like caught up in the aura that's around them. But yet somehow for Alpharius and yeah. Omegron, no. No. That does not happen. Two lots on um, <laughs> yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah. It could just be some schlub. It's that. Armor. Look at the size of his know. helmet. It's him. It's obviously him. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, guys. Like, I, yeah, it, I mean, that's just one of the... Anyway, like, yeah, it, yeah. No, it makes no fucking sense. Yeah. And one of the things I love about the way Legion is written is it doesn't really address that. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, I feel, I feel like Legion as a book kind of starts falling apart at the end yeah, because yeah. Abnet actually has to start kind of... Uh, making some calls on this mm-hmm. stuff, but for the most part, Legion is a fantastic yeah, book because it doesn't have space marines in yeah. it. <laughs> you know, the fucking Alpha Legion Horus Heresy book is about a bunch of Imperial guardsmen like yeah. hanging out on a planet, going like, "This seems peculiar. <laughs> this Wait, this what? is so weird. What's going on?" <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. The floor is now yours. I've said my ridiculous heretical okay. beliefs that are all okay. correct. What so, are yours? So here, <laughs> so here's my take yeah. on um why we need horse hairs mm-hmm. okay first of all first of all it's become clear after consuming x number of horse heresy books in order and looking at their publishing dates that the horse heresy series of novels was written as a direct response to the failure of the star wars prequels oh okay? 
Oh, prequels. I, prequels. I, yeah. Whew, whew. I thought yeah, we were going to get yeah, really yeah. into it in a second. Okay. Yeah. Fine. 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 I, yeah. I, I, I think that by the time the Horus Heresy books came out, mm-hmm. the strange cultural sensation that had surrounded the Star Wars prequels was big, the big the big hangover the cultural hangover was starting to wear off mm-hmm. and we all kind of knew that they were balls this whole idea that like oh they were really going to add up to something and that you just had to wait for the next one to come out people were coming out of that people were stopping making excuses for it mm-hmm. What was what was kind of being left on our plates were these like shitty kids movies mm. that did not have rewatchability and did not make us feel like we wanted them to make us feel. And a lot of mm-hmm. people went into that whole tailspin of like, you know, Lucas ruined my childhood. <laughs> when really for a certain group of people, like they were just at a coming of age point mm-hmm. where it was like their childhoods were ending anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and like they just wanted to pin it on Star Wars. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's Star Wars' yeah, fault. 100%. So what I think was happening at this time was people were there was a lot of people like us who were talking about their feelings about Star Wars and they were sitting around going like well when I was a kid I kind of imagined that the Clone Wars was going to be XYZ mm-hmm. and then somebody else was going on oh well the way I kind of imagined it was more ABC right mm-hmm. now at the Black Library writer room or whatever the fuck you actually had a bunch of guys who had the time and the expertise and the platform to actually sort of put in some work Mm -hmm. on this stuff rather than just sitting around in a bar talking about it. And they had the ultimate vector to sit around and write the Star Wars prequels that everybody felt like they deserved, Mm -hmm. but that nobody got. And if you look at the first few Horus Heresy novels, Mm -hmm. man... They are the Star Wars prequels that you wanted. <laughs> they have they have all that stuff in them mm-hmm. that that is that Star Wars we all thought was supposed to be about, mm-hmm. right? It's got daddy issues. It's got <laughs> weird magic. Yeah. And whether or not you should fuck with it. Mm. It's got uh the tragedy of a falling empire. Yeah. Of an empire in decline. It's got uh, betrayal. It's got redemption. It's got massive war on all kinds of different planets Mm -hmm. with all kinds of different wacky environments. Um, And... I mean, and then and then it actually starts getting into some stuff that is very kind of like, oh, well, what about these... What about the clones? There's all this stuff that's going on about cloning Mm -hmm. and about genetic manipulation that is very kind of like... That reads to me very much kind of like a... Well, here's what I thought the Clone Wars was going to be. Mm-hmm. It was going to be this big civil war yeah. that was like backed by these guys who, you know, I mean, like these these guys who were this like ancient order of like warriors, and then got riven down the middle because mm. of some kind of sectarian difficulties, because of problems between a father and a son, yeah. and then they start dabbling with like the dark side of the thing that they're supposed to be protecting, and then they start dealing with weird science, and then that weird science corrupts them. I mean, this was all. Star Wars. Oh, this is all yeah. Star Wars See, shit. I've never if made this connection. Re- Genuinely, I've never made this connection, <laughs> and now I just want to go watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> if you open up the Rogue Trader book, mm-hmm. it's full of Star Wars oh, references. Shit, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just like, uh, Obi- oh, here's Inquisitor Obi Wan. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, um, 
it, the 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 black the black library guys were in love mm. with Star Wars, and they were like, "Let's write a fucking prequel that's about all the shit that the fucking Lucas movies were supposed to be about mm-hmm. and weren't." And when you listen to those books, and when you take those books in, man, some of them are garbage. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. some of them are just throw them just right in the bin. Mm-hmm. But some of them, dude, when you're like in your car and you're like listening to them <laughs> on the fucking road and you're like, you're like, bro, don't do it, bro. Bro, don't kill your brother. And then, you know, and there's like yeah. doing a sword fight on top. And it's way better than any kind of Obi-Wan versus Anakin yeah. on the lava. You know what I'm saying? It's so much. The scenes in um in Mechanicum. Yeah. When um, the. uh imperial knights are like waging their last stand against what we know now is like the dark mechanicum Mm -hmm. and like literally they're like they're the the you they've spent all this book building up these like these knight characters and and then they just go into this battle where they all know they're gonna die Mm -hmm. and i swear to god like each page is just kind of like these descriptions of them fighting that last valiant fight and then dying yeah and dude, I'm not gonna lie, man. That book gave me chills. I was just like, I was like sitting in my car, and I was like, "This is one of the best things I've ever heard." You, you, you valiant bastards! Yeah. Like, you know, just just poke him right in the eye. You know, I mean, like, Do you know what? All, those books had. Look, go ahead. Go they ahead. have got gravity to them, and I know it sounds ridiculous to say this, but there is, and I, this, and I'm not saying they're anywhere near, but there is a Shakespearean element to them because it's the tragic retelling sure. of a history. And that I'm not saying, yes. you know, in no world am I saying they're close, but that's the that's the setting. But now, all I can imagine is Lorgar just being like, "Good, good," <laughs> just fully <laughs> palpatining well, it. <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, that's. I mean, like, if you if you boil down those archetypes that you see in Star Wars, yeah. which is just the kind of like those mo- like like some of your favorite scenes when you're watching Star Wars is those moments of temptation where it's mm. like Palpatine standing over Luke's shoulder being like hey buddy <laughs> what do you think of this yeah. you know and then you imagine like Lorgar's eyes rather than Luke's eyes and he's like oh do I dare yeah. like the most important thing to me is knowledge like do I choose knowledge or do I choose the path that my father told me I had to stay on mm. you know what I'm saying yeah yeah and like those those conflicts are what is integral to the story of the Horus heresy and they're this and those are the values that we as star wars fans loved and really wanted to see played out in Mm -hmm. the prequels and then in the subsequent sequels and we didn't get any of them but if you want to have those feelings if you want to have those intense feelings of like don't do it man (laughs) don't do it then fucking Read Horace Heresy novels because it's all in there. It's all in there, and and, and it's and it's done really, really well. Um, That's cool. My next point, yeah. My next, my next point is, given the lush history that those books create for us, mm-hmm. and what I consider to be a very, very satisfying retort to the failure of the Star Wars prequels, mm-hmm. why not play some awesome games in this setting? You know, why mm-hmm. not play some amazing games of marine on marine crime uh, in this in this gloriously detailed setting? I, for one, thought it took them way too long to come out with Star Wars Legion. Yeah, I have been waiting for a Star Wars miniatures battle game 
Oh, since the 90s yeah. i was like where's my fucking star wars yeah. Adventures battle game yeah you know yeah what I'm yeah i don't even i am so disappointed with legion i've pl- um i how i just I, i've got a friend who is big into it and i love it his collection is stunning painted immaculately and i love playing with him but i can't get into it because of how ffg distribute i know we're going way off topic here but how ffg <laughs> distribute it i hate the card collecting element to it and yeah all i wanted was a, a games workshop had got the star wars license and we got yeah. hard plastic sprues of stormtroopers and rebel alliance troopers and a few vehicles i'd die happy that would be ideal yeah. for me yeah yeah, um, I mean, I I, I agree hundred percent. I think I think there's a potential that um I think there is the potential that FFG has flubbed uh, Star Wars Legion harder than G- Games Workshop uh, flubbed AOS. But that's like a that's like a different that's a different episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we've gone to Star Wars now, uh, so and, I, and I say great. that as a person who actually likes the game. I actually right. like Legion. Um, yeah, the game's fine. Yeah. But um, we all we all. Part of the part of the lore, part of the legacy of Star Wars is that feeling that these conflicts weren't just happening on Yavin and they weren't just happening on Hoth. They were happening all over this galaxy. And that for every battle that Luke or Han or Leia was in, there were like hundreds of other battles going on elsewhere mm-hmm. that had other like kind of heroic characters that were living out their own struggles. And um what Horus Heresy as a game allows you to do is it allows you to play those fucking struggles Mm -hmm. and it allows you to if you want to engage in the direct storyline if the storyline is something that is interesting to you but then more magically it allows you to um make up your own shit which is we're going to do an area of campaign we're going to build a fucking solar system we're going to have like we're going to demarcate everything between traitors and loyalists Mm. we're going to um build a bunch of different uh scenic tables Mm -hmm. and then we're going to fight over fucking resources and war we're going to name all of our guys and one of the things that has been that's like really neat about 30k as a game Mm -hmm. is that the people who play it come to it with that attitude because and there's a lot of reasons why i think it has a very different core group of people who are playing it Mm -hmm. than standard bog standard 40k but the people that are playing it largely treat it kind of like how you were talking about in episode one for aos Mm -hmm. where they're like this is not about tournaments. Mm-hmm. This is not about builds. Yeah. This is not about competition. This is about storytelling. And it's about storytelling in a historical setting. Yeah. And so it is very important that my force is historically accurate. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to me that the battle that we play makes sense within yeah. the historical it's, context. It's cited in time kind of thing. It's situated in time kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. and it's not and just like okay, we're gonna do another pitch battle where yeah. you're gonna line up over there, and I'm gonna line up over here, and then we're both gonna run at the middle, and then whoever kills more shit wins. It's very much kind of like, hmm, well, there's a downed Thunderhawk, mm-hmm. and uh, all the Space Marines are dead, but one guy who's a scout has recovered the Gene Seed, and he is a marker that's gonna be moving across mm-hmm. the table. And uh, the loyalists and the traitors are both trying to recover the GNC. You know now, what I'm saying? Yeah, and I completely agree with you on this, actually, on this point. I think what I don't like is, in that case, I think you should be allowed to do that, and it's as valid as the official canon, if that makes sense. Like, in sure, a yeah. way, yeah. Like, cause, cause let's face it, Horus Heresy was invented as a way to shift 
epic titans and epic space marine models um, that's pretty much what they, they had a load of space marines and they needed to shift them so they invented a story where marines fought marines um and i really like that i like that you know yeah my blood angels are fighting your death guard but what i'd hate now is to be told well that can't happen you know, or like, oh yeah, so I've got um, Logar, yeah, Logar, and he is fighting uh, some word bearers. And so I would hate it now if someone came up to me and was like, well, actually, you know, the Logar never got to Calf, so he couldn't afford the word bearers. I'd be like, shut up, it's not real. Like, <laughs> and and yeah, and, I mean, I okay, the, look, what you've what you've what you've kind of pointed out is yeah. the problem with all historical games, yes. right? Which is that you get that guy yeah. who um is in the corner and he's like, well, actually, yeah. this will fucking will actually guy, yeah, and will actually guy is the fucking bane of <laughs> historical games, mm-hmm. GW games, fun games, yeah enjoyable games i i hate that guy yeah. i mean i have literally since dipping my toe into historicals which i also do a, a little bit okay. of historicals too rob we'll so we should that. talk about yes, that sometime um i i have literally gotten into um arguments about the color of <laughs> soviet pants yeah and uh like the shade of green on soviet pants and it's like like this type of kind of like raking over the minutia to like the f- smallest most granulated level is like clearly kind of like the death of joy when mm-hmm. it comes to historical gaming of any kind whether it's in whether you're playing fucking flames of war or whether you're playing um horace heresy mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think so so i just mm-hmm. so i don't even i don't even care about those guys okay like That's i guess fair. what i'm trying to say is is that i don't even care about them i don't take them into consideration as fair. part of my, my gaming world uh, if think, someone wants to rock up on me and go like yeah. oh you know mortarian would never be on the same <laughs> battlefield as fucking uh, typhus because uh they hate each other i'd be like piss off yeah. you know what i'm saying and it, it's doubly when it's not real at all like you say you were playing flames of war and you had a fucking i don't know general mccarthy figure running up to punch Nazis on the Western Front. I'd understand if someone was like, I'm pretty sure General McCarthy wasn't running around the battlefield on the Western Front. You'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But when it's completely <laughs> made up, it's even like, shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, shut yeah, your mouth. Real. This isn't, this is nonsense. You're talking 100%, nonsense. 100%. Um, so I have one more, <laughs> I have one more hot take. I don't even know how long we're running we're, right because of all the weird... Oh, wow, about an hour. Had, okay. But, do you want to hear another another hot take? Drop it. Whether we can discuss it or not, we'll see. I've got I've got the hottest of all takes at the very end, but go for it. Holy oh okay, holy shit! All right, so yeah. a lot of people have been. Um, this is this one's going to kind of delve into the mechanics of the game and the mm-hmm. mechanics of the toy line. So it's like a little bit kind of off topic. I mean, it's on topic, but it's off topic. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people have talked very much about what they consider to be the death of what's now being called the firstborn marine. Okay, Ooh, and yeah. um, I was going to bring people, this up as well. People people keep talking about how that line is is quote unquote going to be phased out mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, my here's my blisteringly hot take. Go I'm going to throw it out here with like no caveats, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that means I have a lot of room to be wrong. <laughs> so uh, when it's time for me to eat crow, mm-hmm. I'll I'll gladly help myself to a second serving. But here's my hot take. Mm-hmm. Your fucking firstborn marines aren't going anywhere, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't fucking worry about your firstborn marines. The idea that um, firstborn marines are going to be phased out for Primaris, I do believe was the initial idea. Mm-hmm. However, things have progressed at GW headquarters in such a way that leads me to believe 
the following is about to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Games Workshop has had a problem in how to present Horus Heresy. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get into. It has weird rules. Mm-hmm. The books are kind of hard to get, but it has a diehard following that spends thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no reason to just shut the line down and like tell them to all go home forever. But you hear rumors about mm-hmm. that every mm-hmm. so often. The most recent rumor suggests that um, the Horus Heresy uh, design team has been moved from the Forge World office into Games Workshop proper under the Specialist Games mm. banner. Now, what we know from that is that Games Workshop Specialist Games has, since that that subtitle has been like revivified, has made the most technically beautiful games that Games Workshop has released in years. Blood Bowl is a smash. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus, the people that play it, love it. They rave about it. Necromunda, the people that love about it, rave about mm-hmm. it, which means that now Horus Heresy is in that office being written by those teams, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the, what, I, what I predict is that we will be seeing a second edition of Horus Heresy coming very soon. Mm-hmm. Horus Heresy did hit some problems with Alan Bly dying, mm-hmm. and it still has a problem in that it is perceived as being a very expensive game. Mm-hmm. But... And this is where your firstborn Marines come in. Yeah. First of all, Games Workshop has been like a toad in a pot of boiling water that you're slowly turning the heat up on, mm-hmm. raising the prices of everything for the last 10 years so that your once like outrageously priced Forge World mm-hmm. models are now kind of are fine. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're either just in line with what Forge World models, with what GW models cost, yeah. or they're just like slightly more expensive. Mm-hmm. There's not a real substantive difference between Forge World models and just mainline games workshop yeah. models. Okay. Yeah. They also introduced all those plastics for the Mark III and Mark IV armor, so you can get mm-hmm. the troops yeah. very easily. And they're beautiful. They're really beautiful. And they're beautiful. Yeah. Right. Whenever you go to play. Horus Heresy, the first thing that you want to do is go into the actual Firstborn Marine line and start looking at what you can use for for, for your Horus Heresy. Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of shit that doesn't have models that you're going to want to kitbash Firstborn Marines anyway. Mm-hmm. I think that all your Firstborn Marine kits will, in the next few years, be repackaged as Horus Heresy kits. Because what exists in the Horus Heresy... Um, Because Primaris Marines exist in the in 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 in, in the forty first millennium, mm-hmm. but they don't exist yeah. at all in the thirty first millennium, yeah. right? So you have to have your fucking firstborn kits, but there'll be no use for Primaris kits. Now, one of the things that GW has also done is it's made everything that's in Horus Heresy forward compatible into forty K. So if you've got a fucking weird Bane Blade, if you've got a fucking weird goddamn Mechanicum robot, mm-hmm. You can play all that shit in 40k. Your firstborn marines are going to be for- forward compatible too. They're just going to say, "This guy's been in fucking cryogenic sleep for ten thousand years," or "This guy's just been fighting the long war for ten thousand fucking years." Here he is. Do you think GW really wants to resculpt all that shit? <laughs> Do you think that they really want to go back? GW is so allergic to resculpt. <clears throat> you think they want to go back and resculpt all the Terminators and make Primaris Terminators? Uh, aside from that, because somebody will just say, oh, well, Aggressor's the new Terminators. Do you think GW wants to resculpt Thunderwolf Cavalry? 
you think that they want to re-sculpt Sanguinary Guard in Primaris, Primaris sizes? Yeah. They don't want to re-sculpt. Do you think they want to re-sculpt the guy with the sled? They're not going to fucking do Santa that. Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> the fuck? The fuck? The goddamn fucking uh, Land Raider kit is from the like mid nineties. Oh, the Rhino kit is from the mid nineties. And guess what they guess what they keep doing? Hmm. They just re release or they're they're just about to release new Sisters of Battle chassis that are on Rhino kits. Hmm. The Rhino is not going anywhere. The Primaris guys can't get in the Rhino. Yeah. If your Rhino's not going anywhere, your Firstborn aren't going anywhere. The fucking Rhino is like is is a mainstay of the goddamn catalog. Yeah. So when you put all these pieces together, right, your four Firstborn Marines are fine. Quit talking about how Firstborn Marines are going away. Quit talking about how like GW is trying to screw you with scale <laughs> creep. Your Firstborn Marines are here to stay. They're going to Forest Heresy where they're going to live happily and they're going oh, forward lovely. compatible into your goddamn 40k game. Yeah. That's the end of my hot take. Right, react good. To me. Okay, I'm going to react to you, and then I'm going to go make some tea. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, I think now whenever I look at a Firstborn Marine, they look like a bobblehead to me. Unfortunately, I love the Primaris proportions, so um, the originals now look a bit odd to me. But no, I completely agree. Um, they're not going anywhere. Um, I think... So interestingly, this was, I was going to bring this up because, and this might be a place to end this discussion, actually. Um, I was reading a Black Library short novel over this week. I can't remember the name of it. I'm very sorry. And in the main part, it's fine. It's about ultramarines uh, shooting up um, uh, iron warriors. And obviously the iron warriors are like fucking stormtroopers falling over themselves. And the ultramarines are cutting them down in their droves. But the main thrust of the story is about a sort of remote chapter, the Genesis chapter, um, coming face to face with Primaris Marines for the first time and being like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? You know, who are these guys? And there is a really good bit where um, a ultramarine chaplain shoots down this Iron Warrior and the Iron Warrior starts laughing at him. And the chaplain, who is a firstborn marine, is with his new Primaris charges and a couple of firstborn Genesis marines. And the guy's like, what are you laughing at? You know, and, and he knows he shouldn't be talking to an Iron Warrior. You know, whatever he says will be a lie. And the Iron Warrior just goes, uh, Thunder Warriors to him. And he's like, what? And then it gets into the heads of the firstborn that the Primaris are there to exterminate the firstborns like they exterminated the thunder warriors and i yeah. really like that as an idea as a setup now that the firstborn are like whoa you you know you know the emperor's kind of callous he's not a good guy have these been sent by his son to, to like in 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 law replace us kind of thing and i love that i think that's brilliant and i love that that I, is spicy yeah I that love is spicy that idea. and there are other echoes of that yeah around yeah, is this the end of them in law? You know, may- maybe, yeah, as you say, if they all get repackaged for heresy, brilliant, and maybe they can end the law by having the Primaris wiping them out. And then all those Marine-on-Marine Marine games can happen again, but in the 41st millennium. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, I guess that's our final take yes. is going to be, yeah. is going to have to be like, if you guys don't think that Horus Heresy 2, 41st millennium Boogaloo is, like, coming, then you're nuts, because it's very <laughs> obvious that... All, like, like Horus Heresy was the test bed for an idea. People like playing with Primarchs. People like Marine on Marine crime. Mm-hmm. They're obviously turning um, 
40k into Horus Heresy Part Two. So, yeah. um, I mean, and, and 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 like, I don't even think that's a very hot take. No, I to me that's just cool. obvious. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, maybe that's on. Well, next. All right, man. I'm gonna let you get to your tea. Yeah. Uh, it was great rapping with you as Absolutely. always. Uh, I, I can't wait to do it. Two weeks Two and weeks. Uh, more AOS, right? AOS and then 40k. And I'm thinking now, next 40k should be the future of 40k. We've looked at the past. Oh, geez. we should talk about the future. All right. Why? Well, and then maybe after that, we'll talk about my favorite fucking thing, Crusade. Oh wow, shit! Yeah. Or maybe Crusade. We'll see. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> all right, man. Okay. Well, T- take it easy. I'll yeah. talk to you later. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Realm of Fire. If you enjoy our show and you want to hang out with me and Rob, you can find us on Discord. Look for the Full Metal RPG Discord community. You can find easy invites on the Full Metal RPG link tree, fullmetalrpg.com, or on the Full Metal RPG webpage, rather Facebook. Search for us there. Get an easy invite. Thank you to our friends at Phoenix Area Industrial Band Amnestic. You can find Amnestic on Bandcamp. Link in the show notes. Have a great night.